Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shirai and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken Experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the vibes. You got the culture? Yes, 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 party people, New York City and worldwide. This is your boy, DJ Shara. And DJ Juicy. And we are the Butter Chicken Boys, live and direct from the best city in the world, New York City. That's right. 42 Broadway Engine Room downtown. That's home base. The heart of the world, New York. Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just checking in, if this is your first time experiencing the Butter Chicken experience, we welcome you humbly. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a, a, a fan, a listener, someone who checks in with us on the regular, welcome back. The objective here at Butter Chicken Podcast is to tell the stories of individuals making impact in culture and society. Uh, what do you think, Juice? Have we have we uh, had some really really cool guests lately? We have, and and uh, I'm I'm just, every episode just excites me more, man. Every time we sit in the studio, just the juices start flowing even more and more. Plug, plug. <laughs> the curry starts cooking. The curry starts low simmer, man. So for those of you who are checking in, um, we are now on Spotify. Yep. On Spotify podcast, we are on Apple Podcasts. Of course, uh, our favorite place to be is SoundCloud. <laughs> yes. We love SoundCloud. <laughs> but very importantly, um, India has picked us up and embraced us, which is really, really cool. Um, those listeners checking in from India, specifically on Hub Hopper, we salute you. We thank you. And uh, we greatly appreciate the fact that um, Back Home is now our absolute biggest fan base and listenership did you know that juicy i did we salute everybody back at the motherland uh we are paying attention and thank you for paying attention to us and what's happening over here so when we started this thing it was like core people that we knew checking in and our friends down the block being like oh butter chicken cool <laughs> and now uh you know uh three seasons in we're like uh india has popped off for us and uh it's it's very awesome that it's been uh an organic run with it feels good man it really does. Absolutely. You know what's crazy to me, Juicy? Talk to me. That you and I are avid uh, supporters, lovers, and uh, appreciators of culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are so New York. This is true. We are New York to the core. This is true. Uh, and typically, um, New Yorkers have this sort of chip on their shoulder, if you will, or this uh, arrogance. sort of arrogance. <laughs> I remember you even used to have a shirt that said Arrogant New Yorker. I still have In that the shirt. New York Times font. Yeah, I still have right? that shirt, yeah. And w- even based on back in the day, you know, our foundation, our hip-hop foundation, uh, sort of told us to not like people from the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, right? that, that that was what was set forth uh, by people in, in, in hip-hop culture in the 90s. And uh, we took it and we were like, all right, whatever, whatever Biggie says and... <laughs> And Diddy says we're rolling with that, you know. But it's funny because uh, there is so much talent uh, within our community, mm-hmm. uh, within the South Asian diaspora, coming out of the West Coast. Yeah. And I almost feel that 
the bridge that we've built with our brothers and sisters on the West Coast mm -hmm. has happened so organically. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done the numbers, but I'd say a large percentage of our guests are coming from California. There's some, something in the soil over there that's, that's making real talent, man. I don't know what's going on, but today in studio, uh, we have someone who's making major, major impact uh, across uh, multiple genres. And mm. it's a, a, a very interesting story, and we're going to hear a little bit about it today, and yeah. we're going we're gonna to dive right into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, who is here? We have Sid Sriram here, ladies and gentlemen. Sid, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. Oh, definitely, man. We appreciate the time and, and you sitting down, allowing everyone to hear your story and hopefully inspire the youth, which is one of our major goals here. Um, Sid, tell us a little bit about where you come from culturally. We, we said, you know, we know you're from the West Coast, um, but from back home culturally, where do you come from and how has that influenced uh, what you're doing today? Sure. Uh, first and foremost, it, it really is an honor to be here with y'all, man. Thank I, I you, man. I love the fact that there's an avenue um, that allows for these conversations and for people to access that. It's it's, it's really inspiring. Thank um, you, man. We're honored that you made the time. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to track you down. <laughs> <laughs> I, he I heard you my were in New York from black. my man. Yeah, I would put you on blast. <laughs> That's where you're New York, bro. <laughs> you know, you uh, know. But, but yeah, man. Um, I was born in Chennai, India, mm -hmm. in 1990. I was born into a family of Indian classical musicians, South Indian classical music, Carnatic music. Um, my mom's a musician. My grandfather was. Um, and we moved to the Bay Area mm -hmm. uh, when I was like a year old. And, um, yeah, as a way for, I think, my mom especially to kind of like hold on to her cultural roots, musical roots, she started a music school, mm -hmm. a vocal music, Carnatic vocal music school in Fremont, California, and I just started picking it up by ear, like when I was two, and um, really imbibing the music on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And when I was around three, uh, she started teaching me. They just both my parents just realized that I had this deep affinity for the musical form, and um, you know, again subconsciously. So they they identified that. So they, uh, my mom started teaching me. I performed for the first time when I was around three years old, uh, and yeah, for me, um, that music form was my anchor point in, in the process of exploring and, and understanding my identity as, uh, at the time, an Indian kid growing up in Northern California suburb, you know? And um, at that time, there weren't that many Indian people there. It was starting to kind of uh, develop a little bit more in that way, but it was, it was just so key that I had this form of music that was present at home at all times because it, it allowed me to really just understand myself, accept myself, and fall in love with an aspect of my culture, which would really kind of raise me. Mm. Um, so, grew up in Fremont, California. I uh, got into like R&B soul artists like Stevie Wonder, Donny Hathaway, Luther Vandross when I was like 10, mm. uh, just by listening to radio. And these two different forms of music, like I said, just really raised me. Um, my parents were like on me about like practicing all the time and all that. So, um, you know, when I was going through different phases of identity crisis in elementary school junior high high school whatnot um music was my solace and and also my guide you know it kind of mapped my way of, of you know when i felt kind of weird about this or, or that and you know at that time there was little to no representation of, of south asian people in, in pop culture out here so it was 
that kind of kept me sane. Uh, went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Nice. Uh, studied there from 2008 to 2012. And, yeah, that's, like, the foundation. Like, my time out at Berkeley is when I started figuring out how I could take my cultural musical roots and this R&B and hip-hop and all the other kinds of music that I'd gotten super hip to over the years and how I could start putting them together in one space and, and fusing it all together. And it's just been a process of that, you know, and it's been coming full circle, especially recently. Dope, man. Give, give our listeners a little bit of insight on Carnatic music um, because I think, you know, although we do have a pretty solid fan base in India, and I'm sure some are familiar, sure. um, for the diaspora here in the States yeah. and Canada, you know, it's, this, India is just such a big, vast land, and yeah. so much music comes out of there, and um, traditionally and classically, there's so much music. Yep. Uh, a lot of people don't really have a clear understanding of Carnatic music. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's a classical form that uh, is based in South India. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a city in in Tamil Nadu, the state that I'm from, I speak Tamil, um, called Tanjaud, and that's where it really kind of developed centuries. Like, it's it's been a very old form. Mm-hmm. And the music itself is, it's called, like, a raga-based form, so it's based on, like, these modes, and uh, they're, like, kind of like scales, uh, but a lot more. Like, there's these phrases, this phrase-based vocabulary um, that identify what makes a raga what it is, you know? Um... And uh, it's a really intricate form that's very complex, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, very emotional and, and very kind of, uh, what's the word? It captures you on a gut level at the same time. So it's both cerebral and subconscious at the same time. Very rhythmically complex. Um, just a lot there. You know, it's like an iceberg of a form. And um, it's spiritual a lot of the music is most of the music is spiritual Mm. um concerts last for about two and a half to three hours it's most time a vocalist a violin player and a merlungist which is percussion Mm -hmm. um and yeah i I think that kind of outlines it dope no and when you said uh you started your training real early uh, because your mom was uh, was classically trained yeah um, was that more on the vocal side or was that fully on the fully on the vocal side okay so in terms of my training it's been vocal music since the beginning got it uh, i knew very very early on that i wanted to be singing and that's Dope. my mode of expression for sure interesting interesting number one tamil go-to food dish you read the butter <laughs> chicken podcast man i had oh, to man. ask <laughs> uh, number one uh that's a hard one. man i don't mean to put you on the spot like that that's, that's <laughs> i know so um, there's this one eggplant thing that my mom makes. It's like like, like the mini eggplants, but she stuffs them mm-hmm. like these spices, uh, and that and the sambar. Sambar, dope. Is Love my that. Favorite. Um, but so then, the eggplant with the sambar. Oh yeah, and then and then there's one thing that she makes. She has made it the other day. Um, it's like uh, raw mangoes, but mm-hmm. like simmer them a little bit, and it's like this kind of like stew, and it's sweet but a little spicy. Mm-hmm. So those three things together on the plate is like the dynamite. Y'all love the sweet and spicy together. Oh, I'm getting best, hungry. Man. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. But there's there's like so many dope dishes, man. I, I love South Indian food. I feel like South Indian food don't get enough shine. I believe that too, man. You know what I mean? Like when I when oh, I come across here, we go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna change our shit to the dosa podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's go full on culinary, man. <laughs> you know, like when I come across I, homies I, I that, are, that are outside of the culture, they they never know. They know like dosa. 
Yeah. You know, right. so I'm happy that that's that's like the ambassador culinary that, ambassador. That's like the butter chicken. Yeah. For the right. North. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about that bongo life, bro. That's uh, slamming. Yeah, of course. I haven't dug too deep to be <laughs> frank. My dad's from Hyderabad, by the way. Oh, that's what's we're, up. We're North Indian, but we were we were forced to move to Hyderabad. But uh, my dad is, you know, my dad makes dosa, yeah, idli, sambar. Amazing. We make a dish called rice sticks. I don't know what that is. Rice yeah, sticks. It's, it's a Telugu thing. Telugu, okay. And then there's like coconut rice and all like oh, the, yeah. the, the basics, but not... Um, Super spicy too. R- rasam is that another dish? Rasam, rasam yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's like a, a low, like a watery sambar to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a little bit less like lentils in it. More tomatoes. Sometimes tomato. tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. So so we get down with it, but we don't dig deep, right? Word. We we're at like I guess you would call us like surface level. That's <laughs> fun, man. <laughs> man, the stuff your name is is some of my favorite stuff. <laughs> okay. In Hyderabad, there's a place called Paradise Biryani. Oh, of course, man. That's my spot. Do they have multiple locations? I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. It's like a big deal. Yeah. Hyderabad Biryani is, is bananas. Sheesh. To me, it was extra. I couldn't handle it. Really? Oh, yeah? Was it like too much flavor? It was a lot of, a lot of flavors. And I'm used to Sindhi Biryani, which is very... It's layered. Sure. But it's like, it caps with like the fried onion. Right. Me, I need, you know, not crazy spice to enjoy it. And I felt when I was in Hyderabad, I oh, was yeah, like yeah. dying. Isn't it crazy how the different kinds of biryanis from different parts of, of that region of the world are so different from yeah, one another, dude. right? It's yeah, like, like There's like uh, like Chetinad biryani, which is, is like south-south, and that's different from Hyderabad as well. You know, like there's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the butter chicken. Yeah, butter different. chicken too. Yeah. yeah, like like yesterday, I was like, "Yo, y'all want to go to Curry in a hurry?" Uh, I was talking to a bunch of Punjabis at the end of the night. Yeah. And we did a party last night that you didn't come to, by the way. <laughs> um, and uh, that's what he does best. And, uh, <laughs> I'm a troll. Bro. <laughs> he trolls. I'm yeah. not. I'm not tripping. It's all good. <laughs> uh, nah, we just fucking around. You know, you know, it's cool. We don't care, but we care. You know what I mean? I got you. <laughs> um, and I was talking to a bunch of Punjabis, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, we could go to pizza or we could go to curry in a hurry. And they're like, what's curry in a hurry? I'm like, yo, they serve some bomb-ass butter chicken. Yeah. But disclaimer, it's made by, bung- it's owned and run by Bengalis. Right. And this Punjabi, our boy, yeah. Thunmit, okay. was like, <laughs> Bengalis making butter chicken? <laughs> like, what? Y'all got pizza? <laughs> I just at that point at that point we split and yeah I got some pizza it's um, crazy but a lot of people don't know man who's in the kitchen like a lot of uh, Spanish people are making butter chicken the best nans are made by Latinos now. yeah dude that's what's up yeah. that's dope isn't that amazing I love that yeah. so, so, so question uh, you know I've known you from social media and mm-hmm. just a lot of people have spoken to me about you mm-hmm. uh, and we immediately connected and just started sure. vibing. We're already on, on an email chain with your pops. Yes, sir. That's my manager as um, well. You had mentioned a few minutes ago within the culture. Yeah. People from not within the culture might not understand the different yeah. dynamics of things. This word culture is being thrown around a lot. For sure. And here in this country, I feel we as South Asians represent many cultures. Sure. And our narrative is still being written. 100%. And people like yourself are helping to really write the narrative Mm. and uh, bring out the culture. Sure. What is the definition or what is the culture to Sid Sriram? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it's already such a broad term. Um, But I think ultimately... I think we come from a place that has real deep roots, you know, so 
and that current, wherever you're from, you know, whether it's India, different regions of India, South Asia, that current runs real deep. Mm. Even if like for for cats that don't fully understand it at 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 first mm-hmm. is there. Um for me on a first I'll make I'll say a couple things. The first big thing I think for me culture for me is music, you know, and I cuz I found my culture through music. Mm-hmm. And I think music runs super deep through through the motherland, you know, it's like in the veins of the country and and, and therefore in the blood of the people. Um but to me I think culture is 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 process rather than a thing i think it's a process of an individual identifying what their connect to their roots are figuring out how they connected to those roots and then how can you take that and amplify it so i think i think culture is is just like it's a super broad term but um to me it's, it's a set of principles you know grounding principles that could be you know it's it's very individualistic but i always find certain universal overlaps um but grounding principles that kind of make up your anchor points, you know, whether that is uh, importance in, in, in the idea of family, mm-hmm. you know, music, uh, food. Um, and my realization of what culture was to me came through you just living up from like 2016. I started spending six months out in India every year. So I, I split my time between Chennai and California. And I think that's when I really realized that it's this feeling. Um, of of home, you know, and then upon kind of me identifying that feeling, and it wasn't even like a very intellectualized thing. It was just like I feel something deep in my gut right now when I'm spending this much time in the country I was born in. Uh, once I identified the feeling, my whole ethos everything i do has been to express that feeling to um through my music through conversations whatever so i could hopefully translate that same energy to someone who's going through the process of discovering what culture is to them i I just talked a lot nah dude you laid it out perfectly man (laughs) it made it kind of made me realize too a little bit i could relate to that yeah and i mean like again just i i uh we would travel to India like every summer, every winter growing up. Who's we? Me and my family. Okay. Um, I have an older sister who also sings. She's a, a professor, she's a PhD, but she's a dancer, classical dancer. So we would travel out there to study and to be amongst the artists of the older generation, you know, and just um, like my grandfather, his peers, other musicians, other dancers. And, and um, we'd go every summer and winter and I would get a taste of it, you know, what culture was to me but it was still me viewing it through the lens and through the eyes of my parents because I was going as their kids you know Mm. and then once I started living there um I couldn't do that anymore you know I I need I felt like you can do that for a couple months and then you're like things stagnate personally and you feel like you're not really uh progressing and evolving and so I started just going out and experiencing things on my own in Chennai and just kind of like being in the city and and, and imbibing and once I started doing that I was like oh okay I think I'm starting to understand like the different textures of my identity Mm. as an Indian man you know and then came back to the states and did six months right after that and it was like a stark difference 
But you, I was you, able to. You said did six months like it was a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> coming back from India. <laughs> In my defense, I said the same thing about India. So no, no, not to the states. I love here. Yeah, and I, once I came back, it was like I I felt the shift go like occur within myself, you know. So I came back and. I was able to define my position in in the world a little bit better. You say that very confidently. Yeah, uh, I I mean it was a shift. It was there's very few times where I felt that kind of a shift occur. You know, um, one of it one of those times was when I went to Boston for the first time to study over there. I was like, okay, um, I don't need to be a, around a bunch of academic heads anymore because I went to a high school that was super academic. Once I got to a music college, I was like, oh, I'm amongst my people. But um, that's a different type of genius as well, right? Oh, 100%. Which we're going to get into. For sure. You, you said uh, earlier that uh, there was a time where, uh, I guess in your younger years, there was this identity crisis. Mm. Uh, and I think um, you know, Juicy and I continually talk about this, and we've, we've kind of gotten over that. Mm. Um, and now we're all about uh, embracing who we are and helping the youth really embrace who they are. Sure. Um, but you spoke on identity crisis and that there was a time where you didn't know what was going on, sure. right? That's what identity crisis is. 100%. So how did you get over that and get through that and get to this point where now you're going to Berkeley and all of a sudden going to India and yeah. being confident in six months here, six months there and, sure. and, and, and embracing that? It's, it's honestly been a, a daily process. I still go through it to this day. I think... Um, when I was younger, it was just this. Uh, it, it, I didn't. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't wrap my head around why, when I went to school, I didn't feel like I I belonged. And you know, as I started, um, going to school around like ninety five, ninety six, when I was like in like whatever, first, second, third grade, there was there started being uh, a lot more Indian people moving in, uh, to where I was, like that the city where I lived in and going to the same public school and everything. So. I was amongst other Indian people, and, and um, it was somewhat diverse. But it was a lot of Indian people, a lot of Chinese people, uh, and then mostly white folks. But, uh, yeah, even amongst other Indian people, I still felt like I, I don't feel at home mm. over here. I feel like there's something within myself that's yearning for so much more. I can't, I can't identify what that is, so I obviously can't get to that destination. And this started young, like when I was in first, second grade, and it was very confusing. Um, and it persisted, you know? And um, I think, again, just music was something that always just made sense to me on, like, this sixth sense kind of level. It was never something that felt like um, something I had to really try hard at. Mm -hmm. It was effortless. So that was a sanctuary at first. It was almost like my way of escaping. But then slowly I started using music as the way to just identify or at least express, you know, the frustration and the angst. Once I was able to get it out of my system and just be like, this is how I feel, even if I couldn't articulate it in, like, sentences, if I could sing and just get those emotions out, it just made me feel all right. Um, and I just held on to that for dear life, you know. I've held on to it to this day. Um, and because I had that outlet, it opened up free space in my mind as I got older and more knowledgeable and had kind of experienced more to start being like, okay, this is what is frustrating. You're frustrated because you're into different things than other people are. Your, your, your priorities are different, you know, but then I could also identify 
the similarities between me and the homies, you know? So mm. once I was able to do that, I could operate on a more human level and then also do the artist thing and just kind of go into my space in that way. Uh, and so I started to identif identify the fact that I'm also not just one single thing. You know, I'm, I'm not a monolith by any means. And there's this whole spectrum of experience and, and generations of genes being passed down to me and, you know, all this stuff. And it's just been a process of, like, chipping away at the iceberg, man. And, and, and I think over the course of working on the album, Entropy, that I put out in February, I worked on that last year, that's when everything started making sense, like, for real. Mm -hmm. um, even after I'd gone and started doing the, you know, splitting my time between India and the U.S., it was still confusing. You know, I'd still kind of go through it and be like, man, what am I doing? Why do I feel like I'm two different people? Uh... And then I worked on the album and just kind of like figured out how to bring the different influences musically together. And once I figured out how to bring the musical influences together, I was like, oh, I can make sense of this now because I'm not just singing Carnatic music on a record. I'm not just like layering this 808 beat, but it's just everything together as one, this amalgamation of these different things. That's who I am. And now, you know, I just, I just feel like I'm not like a duality or I'm not none of that i'm just a single person um with infinite spectrum of experience and 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 shades of my identity and i'm down to let all that shit shine all the time so dope man very insightful i think uh <clears throat> a lot of our young listeners um listen to this podcast to try to take some of these experiences that our guests have and, and kind of um, bring it to their own own self and, and say, sure. how am I going to mold and position myself to pursue my dreams? Or yeah. am I not going to pursue my dreams and stay in this box that my parents want me to be in? Sure. Um, and one of one question that, that uh, I see uh, arise frequently is, um, well, I know I want to pursue music and, and I've already made a decision that uh, I don't care what anybody has to say. Mm. So that means I don't want to go to school. I don't want to get my education or anything like that and i just want to do this full time mm -hmm. at like how uh like important like is education to you like where do you rank that i think it's super important i think um the only reason that i'm where i'm at today is because of where i went to college mm. and the, the 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 attention to discipline and rigor that that instilled in me mm. um but that's not to say that someone can't do it without education. Right. I think education is something you make for yourself. The first two years I was at Berkeley, I was just being a regular college kid, partying all the time. Mm -hmm. I honestly got kicked out of my major, like, because I slept through a final. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, stupid shit. Yeah. And then, yeah. And Pops wasn't too happy with that no one. No one was happy, man. I was upset with myself, too, low-key. Um, so, like, education is really, it's a very personalized thing. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'd say to that, man, like, what I realized through this whole process, and I think it happens probably in every community, but I see it in our community, is, like, kids feel like they have to be, like, the next person, mm -hmm. you know, or, like, someone they look up to. And I think it's great to have your your inspirations and the homies that kind of inspire you as well. Mm -hmm. But I think something that's really important is, like, especially for South Asians now, because we're starting to get representation more and more, mm -hmm. In that process, I think we have to keep in mind that we have to hold on to our individuality as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so what works for me might not work for the next person. Right. For me, coming out of high school, all I could do is sing super, super well mm -hmm. 
and like write some poetry but i could not make a record i i didn't know how to like use logic i didn't know how to write a full song i didn't know any of that i hadn't been hip to like whole spectrum of music so like in that way like me being in a space that was surrounded by musicians and always around that mm-hmm. that was the exact education that i needed once i messed up and realized oh shit i got to take this seriously that's when i actually went in and was like okay i'm going to really learn now Right. You gotta be ready to learn. You like you, that shit can't be forced down anyone's throat because like the mind just gonna block it off if you're not ready to receive it. It's you interesting. Know? You you had to hit a low place in order to kind of wake up a little bit. That's been a theme in in my life in many ways. I think like in many times. You know, like I made some of the best music in like 2011. Like my gramps and, and my aunt passed away. You know what I mean? Like and that was like a low low. Like. Sleeping through a final was nothing compared to that. You know right, what I mean? right. Like, or just taking L's in general. Life, just general. It's a hardship, L's. you know? Like, And I think um, I've realized that, especially now, like I'm in a space right now where I'm going through a major transition mentally. Um, you know, I was so isolated in my own head working on that last record. Just like, that was the only thing I was thinking about. Entropy? And I, yeah, entropy. Mm. And then I came off tour in March. I was like, man, I haven't been social and just like empathetic in a while i need to be around people again Mm. you know what i mean but yeah i think those those low points or those hardships or those moments that really shake you up that's when you grow you know that's i've i've grown the most right and it's it's kind of it's 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 a heavy concept because to know that you have to like go through hardship to evolve is is not fun but uh the best fruits of your labor the best blessings come your way i've seen it you know, play out um, time and again. You know, I can map it out the last 10, 15 years of my life. And every time there's like a big success right before that, it was either me being like desperate, broke, um, going through some heavy shit, and then some avenue opens up and a big blessing comes my way. You know, so I think, yeah. Confused and chaotic is how it all started. Man, (laughs) yeah, that's the, wow. I love that you just quoted that lyric. That's one of my favorite lyrics from the whole album. It's it's what drew me to the whole project. Love, man. It's like that when you can talk to someone who doesn't know your catalog or your music or anything about you yeah. through just a line yeah. and, and, and let one line open up the exploration for someone who doesn't know you. Sure. It really really helps a person identify with you and want to listen to your story through music yeah thank you when we talk in real life and we talk about the music or put the music to the side for a second but understand the emotions uh and the, the the ups and downs the highs and lows that you go through in life to get to this place where you can put together a body of work that can be absorbed by the universe, mm. it kind of comes full circle, 100. right? So, like, when, when we, I mean, Juice and I sit and we're tired as fuck. We went out last night. Juice got fucked up. <laughs> got fucked up. <laughs> you know, and, and I, saw, I, I saw Juicy in the street corner last night. I had to pick him up because he didn't know where he was. Facts, bro. Was bad. <laughs> that means it was a good night. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad he got me. <laughs> but but when, when, when we can go th- through like a night of, of crazy and then we wake up and we get to be here and hear the story of 
someone who we know is doing great and you give us that time in your busy schedule of A&R meetings and publisher meeting and this digital meeting and my manager got me lined up to do this other shit and I got to do this press shit and oh I got to sleep eat shit and do all that other right. shit too like we we value that appreciate it too you man. know I so mean, so so, sure. so so what we as DJs uh, our mission musically speaking is to before anything before looking at anything is to hear the music mm. and the music is what will draw us or not draw us to sure. want to speak to somebody mm -hmm. so uh, i th i think it's safe to say we value the fact that you're here with us man love man yeah. i like i said a jump i think these conversations are important just to see or 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 to express and to to showcase the the variety of, of of people that are doing it you know from from south asian backgrounds i'm sure that you guys like every every new person y'all have in here it's a completely new conversation yeah. i'm sure there's some overlaps and again universal principles that right absolutely i think there there's you know the underlying underlying theme of yes most of our guests are south asian we're actually changing that as well word up but That's most amazing. of our guests are south asian just like you how you grew up in listening to r&b and soul and hip-hop mm. uh but your parents um you know guided you to this carnatic music and your south asian roots similarly we juicy and i we grew up new york hip-hop nas biggie jay Amazing. all day mm -hmm. but then bollywood and punjabi music at yeah. home and similarly your duality has come to this point where you're like let's merge Bring these two lanes and just just do what we do yep and really be unapologetic about it and Hundred. say just let's do us and we know it's going to get absorbed because there's a lot of there's a lot of little Sid Shree Rams right now. There's there's definitely a young DJ Juicy sitting there somewhere in Queens. Yep. You know, <laughs> bothering his mom, <laughs> fucking trying to grab, find some butter chicken at the family wedding. <laughs> you know, I I know they're out there, right? They're For out sure. there, and we have to talk about it because we're the ones building this incredible foundation now. Yep. For the next generation completely and ultimately when we go all we have is our catalog whether that yeah. be our art that we create whether that be our music that we create whether it be the books we write uh whether it be the stories we tell yeah. right because the cause, legacy man yeah right like like people have a hard time remembering mm -hmm. but when it's laid out specifically digitally now sure it it lasts way beyond our time 100 percent, right um, Sid, Entropy was, is a phenomenal project, um, but that's what put me on to you, mm. um, so I'm a little late to the game, um, Juicy, sim similar, similar, right? yep. but you've been doing professional music for a long time. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the run professionally. Sure. Um, and how your catalog started to build, because... You've worked with AR yep. a tremendous amount, yep. which when I speak to many South Asian artists across all South Asian music genres, the, my question sometimes is, who would you want to work with? Mm. And like 50% of the people <laughs> we talk yeah. to say AR. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, that's like, I'm imagining the homie. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, maybe. He, he, <laughs> the mentor. Mentor. Okay. okay. For sure. Mentor. But uh, the homie, yeah. Right? But... 
prior to AR, you've we were recording out of Berkeley. Yeah. Right. Um, so let walk us through that timeline a little bit about what brings you back to entropy. Sure. Um. Yeah. So really, when I started it at Berkeley, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that's when I started writing my own music, and it was really a way of just coping with missing home. Mm-hmm. Um. John Mayer was at Berkeley like for a semester, so he came back for like this clinic, and um, he was talking to us about just like when you're feeling through your heaviest points, the best way to do is just document it. You know, you're in a place where you can record music, write music, just do it, and let's put the feelings out there in the rawest way possible. So that really inspired me. I started writing then, um, and soon thereafter, just put out like an acoustic EP that I made in my bedroom um, that actually had some of the songs that later made it onto Entropy. Um, But it was just, again, my initial introduction to writing music, figuring out song form, all that, and also just expressing myself, you know, in a way that I felt like I was creating this little mini universe for people to to take and internalize. Um, So I started just putting all that out on, like, YouTube and putting out covers, Mm -hmm. and those just started gaining some some notoriety in circles, and uh, that turned into a fan base after a bit, and it was just all using the internet, you know, and... and that was all English? All English. Was all, yeah, fully English. And that's also around the time where I started messing around with taking the Carnatic influences and fusing them into the more modern, contemporary stuff. Um, and at first, honestly, it sounded super cheesy. It was just like <laughs> this random, like, okay, here's the Carnatic section. You know what I mean? It was like one of those. Uh, but I just worked that and I chipped away at it for a while. Um, so around like 2011, uh, I put out this cover of Frank Ocean's song, We All Try, that just went super viral. Um, and that was just on some like soul music shit, you know, it was, it wasn't any like Indian influences in the musical output, but to see a brown dude doing it the way that I did it, then it was something that really shook some things up. So a lot more people kind of got hip to what I was doing. And then randomly right around then I sent Arisa an email just with my music. A homie of mine was interning with them at the time. Oh, so you had the plug on the direct yeah. email address. Yeah, and the dude just happened to be, like, the nicest guy. Like, if it was anyone else, they'd be like, nah, bro, chill. But he was, like, a good dude. Oh, your homie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, AI said he's, he's the best. But right. um, the homie was, like, a, a good homie, you know? Like, so he looked out. I sent the music over, no expectation of, of any response. And that's and right. And this ar- was the, the borderline cheese stuff that you were saying you were doing? The- no, that this stuff was dope by then. I'd gone through the cheesy stuff, and I, I, I it started becoming dope by then. Um. And uh, uh, Arisa just won the the grand, the the Oscar for Slumdog. Mm-hmm. I remember being in my dorm just like losing my shit because like I never seen someone that looked even remotely like me on a stage like that. And then to take it even further, he's from the same city I was born in, speaks the same language, you know. Like it was, and he spoke Tamil when when he won the award. He says Elapogurum Irevenake, which just means all praise to God. And I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, this is insane. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a moment for sure. And I sent him, I think like a, a week or two later, I sent him that email with some of my music. Like probably like a week later, he I was at home actually arguing with my folks because they're like, what are you going to do when you graduate? How are you going to make money? Like, what's what's your plan? What's your plan, yeah. And I go up, like during lunch, I go upstairs, open up the laptop, see the response, just like stare at my screen. He's like, you have a really nice voice. Do you sing in Tamil and Hindi? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh shit! <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> I responded immediately, and then I didn't hear from him for like a year. Damn. That happens. That, yeah, I didn't hear from game. him for a while, and um, and I was like, okay, maybe it was just like, and I still every time I put something new out, I I hit him with it, 
No response. No response. And then it was but like you keep you keep every time. Yeah, for sure. I was I was very persistent. Of course. Yeah. And then 2011 December, I was in Chennai performing Carnatic concerts, and I got a call from his studio to come through. That's when I met him in person for the first time, and my first song with him came out in 2012. Uh, so a year later. About a so year later. So the conversation started in like 2000. Like the end of 10, beginning of 11, mm. like right around then. Right. And then the end of 2011 is when I first met him. Right. And then um, so I, I graduated in 2012. The song came out a few months later. And that's what charted like my career path as a professional musician. You know, everything, it felt semi hot, not hobby, but I wasn't making any money. Um, I was doing some shows for, for like the low, you know. But mm -hmm. once that song came out, I was like, okay, I, I'm actually doing this. I got a check for it. Um, people were starting to check for me. Uh, but still it was slow, you know, 2012 to like 2016 was four years of me just like living in LA, working on my craft as a producer and as an artist. And also like, uh, my voice was very new for Indian film music, you know, cause I was doing the R&B stuff. I had the Carnatic influence and I have like a powerful voice, um, which people hadn't really, uh, the texture of my voice, they hadn't heard it in, in Indian films before. So I didn't really get calls after that from other people to work with me. And then 2016, I had a big record come out with him, with ARC again, like the very beginning of 2016, and then that changed everything. What record was that? It's called Talipogade, double song. Okay, yeah. we got to check for that song. Yeah, facts. Okay, I'm not, I'm not hip. I, I read about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got, I got to hear the record now. For sure. And yeah, that, that, that just changed, changed my life, honestly. Um, like, almost overnight, the song came out, like, December 31st, Jan January 1st, like right at midnight. So it was produced by AR? Yeah, it was composed, produced by him. Um, okay. And, and what was your role on the record? I was the vocalist. Okay. So playback singing normally, like, as a playback singer in that context, I I don't normally write on those songs. I let him do what he does, and I just go let my voice to it. Right, and but he gave you the, the record to, yeah. to do what you do. For sure, for right? sure. And, I mean, like, his team over there is, is amazing, you know, like... uh when they all get together and they're recording or, or if he's recording me, he'll just be shooting out ideas like rapid fire. And I just have to like take it and get like hit him back with it immediately. And it's, it's, it's an experience, man. Working with them is, is, um, has taught me a lot. It keeps me on my toes and he, he pushes me. Like I, those sessions with him is, is when like vocally I'm trying shit that I've never tried before. And I'm like, Oh, that actually sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's lit. Yeah, it's it's been, it's been a process, and then through that, like he's he's a real spiritual dude. He's very much at peace with himself, um, and he's still very, very, you know, curious about new ideas, new music, always. And he's had a career that spanned like twenty five years, being at the very top of the game. So it's just I'm soaking up game every time I'm around him, just on life shit, music stuff, everything. It's, it's been a huge blessing. Sure. So huge influence in you on your sound? And on my sound, on the way I've tried to, like, just operate as a man, you know, just being thorough. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, I've, I've learned that from multiple, my, my pops, people I come across, you know what I mean? Like, um, but he's given me a lot of gems, both musically and just personally, uh, that have really, you know, got me through a lot. So, yeah. Got it. So now your career at that point shifted from you know, doing your own covers and sort of originals yeah. to um, becoming a playback singer in India where your popularity and fame grows. Yeah. So this is a, a long process. It's a marathon. It's it's 100%. not a sprint by any means. 
listeners, if you're just checking in, this is the Butter Chicken Podcast. Sid Sriram is here. Hey. We're going through a little bit of timeline right now, specifically regarding the music component of his career, the music, and how it, he's come to this album that's out right now. Yeah. Um, you do the India thing for a hot minute. Yeah. A few years. Yeah. But you're I, living in L.A. So, yeah, I, I was living in L.A., um, working on music out there, making trips to India, but it's kind of like one foot out the door. I wasn't fully committed to what was going on. And, again, until 2016, it was a slow build over there. It was definitely not something like I was. my phone wasn't blowing up, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then um, once that song came out in 2016, like I said, it really shifted things. Mm-hmm. And I was faced with the decision of, Am I going to go really invest my time in this place that's showing me so much love and kind of, you know, or am I going to stay out in the States and keep grinding it out um, and kind of leave that opportunity on the table? And it was actually my pops, me and him had a conversation and he was one like, you should go just spend six months there. Let's just go out there. Let's see how we could take this and multiply it. Now um, your dad was doing what for work at this time? At that time, um shit he was slowly starting to transition into just being my manager mm. that, that's around the time once the opportunity started really coming my way so mm-hmm. I, he was still in business at the time right. living in silicon valley um so he was in the tech business yeah okay um but once the need started to become and you know i i was managed by someone at the time but to really kind of grasp this um like how I was trying to grapple between two worlds. Yeah. It's not easy. And it's definitely not easy for someone who is not familiar with the country, you right. know, because the way things operate there are so different than the way they operate here. And I'm a pretty complex individual. There's a lot of layers always going on in my head, you know. So to for me to be able to articulate that to someone who might not necessarily understand that, it wasn't really locking in. So my pops jumped in at that time. and He saw it. He definitely saw it. Right. Yeah, he's he's... He sees these things like a good 20, 30 steps before every time. Um, And so he, and I wasn't too happy about going and spending that time there. I was still like, no, I want to get, I need to blow up here in the U.S., you know, like, Mm -hmm. I need to get on a record with Kanye (laughs) and all that. And my dad's like, bro, like, there's all this stuff going on over there. What's wrong with you? You know, and a lot of it was self-hate with the identity. Again, it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in, Indian musician. I want to be from out. It was like that. Yeah. And um, and I see that in a lot of the kids even now. You know what I mean? Like, there's still that stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's slowly fading away. Um, but whatever else happened, I we, we spoke about it over a period of time. I ended up going out there in July, spent the six months there. And what happened was just insane. You know, like, the first show I did out there, we brought out, like, 3,000 people. And it was just, it was something really special. And this was your show? My or? show, yeah. Okay. And so we didn't po- expect... You're popping over there at this point. Oh, yeah. Now we... Like, <laughs> our, our show's out there like five to seven, 7,000. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So sure. different than oh, the it's, States. Oh, it's, it's a complete... And it's kept me humble, though, man. Like, I feel like if my career out here had blown up at the same pace and around the same time that my career had blown up out there, my head would be big. Mm. <laughs> I just know it. You know, like, I was, I was a little arrogant kid growing up. Like, yo, I could sing and no one else could sing, so... <laughs> Y'all, you know, like I was, I was definitely on that. Um, but the fact that it's moved in these different ways, like I go out there and do this whole thing, and I'm this figure. 
you know, and again, that exists globally because the internet now, so, and then the diaspora population over here, but still, I feel like I'm grinding uh, a, in a different way out here. I'm still, I haven't made my statement out here yet, in my opinion. You know, like, you I- You got a, a lot of growth potential here. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I already know, like, I've seen the way it worked out there, man. Like, I, when we spent those six months out there and then subsequently just the coming years, like, it was just a focused effort, like, connect with the fans, build with them in a real way, share your story in the most authentic way possible, and then watch that multiply. And it was a simple formula. Nothing, like, nothing else to it. Just do the shows, connect with them, be as honest as you possibly can be, and... I mean, obviously, always make sure that the output musically, performance-wise, is nothing short of excellent. And then those components put together, man, it was it was explosive, you know. And it who taught you that 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 formula? formula. Yeah, probably the, my pops, you know. Like, and it was a lot of it, but like the thing is, like, this is conversations him and I have. So is your dad being like, "Yo, you got a post right now"? No, on the ground. <laughs> no, he he don't. He he's not even hip to that. But I'm okay. hip to that. Right. So, so it's the combo. So like... we so we we complicate uh, not complicate each other. We complement each other. It's <laughs> funny. Sid, we going live right now. <laughs> <laughs> real, real well. You know. So he grasps certain things and he's mature in certain ways. And I, I have my. You know, I I see the way other things work that he might not necessarily be hip to. So. It, it really kind of works in conjunction. And what made me believe in the process was just seeing those initial stages post-2016 in Chennai. Um, right. Where, you know, and we weren't, at first we weren't super after the bag. We were just after, like, let's see these numbers start. Like, let's get people out to the shows and let's just really, like, make this a grassroots thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it did help that I had the biggest musician from India giving me the heavy cosign. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'm never, like, not cognizant of that. How important is the cosign? Oh, it's it's huge. I think, you know, like, that for that can make or break. Not, not break, but that can definitely make a huge difference. Because... You know, it's especially in this day and age, there's so much noise. Yeah. Yeah. And to see someone that you look up to or like a god to you say this dude is dope, okay, I'm gonna click on it. You know, like that. Absolutely. So and then obviously the rest is up to the artist to make sure they're coming correct with the music, the quality content across the board. But um yeah, I I, uh it was it was eye opening experience being out there and then just taking that, evolving it staying on my craft working on like still writing producing my own music every single day getting better and better and then it came a point where i was like you know what i'm gonna make this album now which was a year ago and um and i feel like that was the it was a stepping stone album to me you know it was like i'm gonna give you all a taste of what i can do this is not the whole thing but i'm gonna give you guys the first taste just to let you know what i'm about musically conceptually artistically everything we call you know? that the vibes <laughs> yeah. you don't give us the vibes <laughs> yeah exactly right just like the initial the vibes tease. too just like initial you know like vibes. i just want you guys to just one no i'm not fucking around and two just like some of our favorite artists of all time uh, across the board right um it's it's been noted that like some of your favorite artists first albums end up being their greatest pieces of work mm. Because that first album is the entire yeah, the beginning story. of their life mm-hmm. until sure. that album. And then <laughs> all subsequent albums 
are the in-between times, like Nas's first versus his second. Sure. Jay's, Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt versus Blueprint, right? right? You just stated that this shit is just the oh, appetizer. Yeah. A taste. Yeah. I, I was, and I was, I wasn't even... The way I approached making that album, man, is like I was at a point in my life where I kind of had to make the decision that either I move to India full time mm-hmm. and just make the the classical music and the film stuff my whole career, mm-hmm. or I get down to it and, and make some music and sure. put it out here. Sure. And my it's all it's it's a difficult thing to start and finish something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I famously make ideas for days that are like a minute <laughs> and a half long. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're dope. They're still dope. I listen to them sometimes, but I never finish them. And with this, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hole up in my bedroom where I grew up, go for a run every morning, go for a run every night, everything else, just stay there and make music. And I gave myself a deadline, and it ended up being like this roadmap of the last 10 years of my life. You know, like the last song on the album, Limitless, I wrote in 2009. Sure. You know, some of the songs were from 2011, some from 2015, others very recent so it became like literally me telling my story by time capsuling each of these songs was like a time capsule so you could kind of really jump in and just get again the initial kind of vibes and and conceptual kind of textures of of who i am and um i didn't really peg too much expectation to the record i was like you know what i've made this i'm proud of it let's get it out and let's see what it does and I think it's done exactly what I wanted it to do. You know, just give, let people know that this is what I'm about and there's a lot more coming, for sure. It's interesting for, for the, the South Asians, like, every time, at least me, I can't speak for all South Asians, but me, I know Juicy shares the same sentiment. We see, we see with our eyes. And when we see a a, a South Asian artist doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter if you're muslim hindu doesn't mm. matter if you're from pakistan doesn't mm. matter if you're from uh hyderabad it doesn't matter if you're from delhi it doesn't matter mm. if you're from canada wherever you're from if we see a south asian artist and we don't know their music we're automatically gravitating towards their music mm. because they're south asian yeah. and we love to champion good music sure and similarly if the music's whack they don't come up to butter chicken, <laughs> right? That quality controls everything, man. Yeah. Keep it. You got to keep it a buck. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. man, for yeah. sure. Right. So for for entropy for us, it's like, yo, there's this dude that's been doing music for a decade. Mm. We heard of the dude, but we never ever once decided to kick, click play on the record. Sure. Partly because of the language barrier and like yeah. being North Indian, being party DJs, we're playing the, the Bollywood and the for sure the 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 Bhangra and you know Af- we're playing Afrobeat. Yeah, we're <laughs> playing dancehall for sure. But we're not playing no very few like yeah, unless it's like Dinka Chika or or something like from the south. That's right, like yeah, we're, I mean, like we're not we're not like digging a, deeper than the Lungi dance sometimes. Exactly, yeah. it's like a hybrid record. But there's some jams, though. There yeah. are. Yeah. There are, and the community is crazy. But what's yeah. so dope for us being a DJ is that now we got the dude sitting here that's making some big-ass records. Yeah. And we're going to go back to that. And for like sure, man. Get catalog. But Entropy allows the non-South Indian listener mm. to explore who you are as sure. an artist and then 
some of us are going to go back now and, and dig deep and say, all right, well, what's this guy's other yeah, songs like? It's for the, sure. It's the entry right? point for us, yeah. Right, so so it's really cool that you have even said that, like, yo, this shit is just a teaser. For sure. I got a whole bunch of shit coming. And what's really cool, man, about even what y'all saying now is I feel like Entropy, the record, there's, like, so much... Like the album or the, the actual song? The, the album. Okay. Um, ha- there's, like, so much South Indian influence sprinkled through there. Hell yeah. Without... Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it's never like in your face, but it's there. Right. So I love the fact that that's the entry point because I think it gives you like a little bit of the flavor, not all of it, but just enough to be like, oh, what is that? You know what I mean? Right. And then, and then go into the other stuff. And it's cool, man. Like my career, I, I never in a million years would have like thought this is how it pro- it would progress. Again, since I was young, I wanted to be a big Carnatic musician and I wanted to be a huge star out here. Like that was where my head was at. So the curveball when the India stuff really took off, you know, um, sometimes you just got to embrace the way yeah. and just go with it. And that's probably been the biggest kind of realization for me is not try to control everything, you know, um, and not be so precious. Like this is the, these are the steps and if this doesn't happen. I don't want to do anything, you know, like not nah, like and I feel like now I'm an ambassador for. You know, you asked me before what, what I felt my culture was. You know, I think being a South Indian kid born in China is a major part of it. And I feel like our part of the country hasn't really been put on the map like that yet. Outside of? Uh, outside of the culture. Yeah. Right? Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and I feel like I'm an ambassador for that. Hell yeah. And Hell I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll scream it loud every single day, <laughs> for sure. I Love. saw, I saw, I didn't get to go to your show in Brooklyn. You were, you recently had a tour. Yeah, we were at National, uh, National Sadas in Brooklyn. Yeah. So you had, uh, that March was the U.S. leg of the yeah. tour. Yep. But then you also toured. Uh, India in February. For, for the Entropy Project. Yeah, it was for the, for and, the album, yep. And knowing what you've just told us, I'm assuming the India shows and stuff were probably bigger, brought bigger audiences. For sure. Yep. And then in the States. Well, it was a... So, actually, the biggest show of the whole tour, Feb and March, India and, and North America, was Toronto. Okay. That yep. was like 1,000 cap. We started off by doing a 200 cap venue there, and it sold out four times. And we, we in did... In Toronto? Yeah. Wait, wow. you, you, yeah, did, well, you did four nights there? No, we were supposed to do a 200 cap. Okay. So that sold out real quick. So we moved it to a larger venue to 500. Oh, you kept that moving sold venues? out. So then we moved to seven, wow. and finally we moved to a thousand. And we did uh, the opera house out there, and that shit was bananas, man. Wow. Shout out all my my Tamil family from like Sri Lankan Tamil family, yeah, man. Yeah, huge they, out there. They they they, 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 they show me there. so much love, man. Toronto honestly is like a second home. Like they've been big love. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that family. Like the the Tamil community out there is just it's beautiful. They band yeah. together, and it's, it's kind of like, man. like here in in New York, you have a big Punjabi community, a sure. big Gujarati community. When it comes to the South Indian communities, whether it's Tamil, Telugu, Malayali, they're big, but they're not as mainstream. Yeah. here as up in Canada. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't really. Um, there's very few places. In, in the West where I feel like I feel like London's another spot where there's like a really strong Tamil community Did out you there hit there well. yet? I haven't been there yet mm. Have We're, you been there ever? Like to n- the country? or? No, I got a story I'll tell you off air uh, okay. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool We talked about that <laughs> but, um, Are you not allowed there or some shit? I wasn't for a year <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about it later We'll talk about it later um, so, so what I noticed about the New York show uh, as I was um, 
trolling Instagram. For sure. <laughs> that the best way. Your entire audience there, at least in the New York show, was not South Asian. No. Yeah. There was a, a super diverse audience in yeah. there. Like I saw uh, African Americans, mm -hmm. Latinos in the videos, uh, wh mad white people in the video. Yeah. And I'm like, how how did they know about him? And I, I'm I'm late to the game. <laughs> like, what, what's going on over here? How did uh, how did that happen? Where did these like fans come from that are not from our community? I'm honestly not all the way sure, bro. <laughs> I think like I think part of it was um, the stuff that I'd done before. Okay. You know, like I developed not like a huge fan base before the stuff with Era Monster started, but like there was a, a like a strong like those people went really hard for me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I think part of it is that, and then the rest of it, I'm honestly not sure. But I was terrified before going on tour in March out here because like I'd been quiet in this part of the world for a while. Right. You know what I mean? Like so terrified, like what people are not going to show up. Or? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously, as we started getting closer, we started seeing most of the the venues were selling out, so I was cool. But I like two months before, man, I was I was like, oh my god, what if what if these are empty spaces? And I'd already told the band like we might be playing some some venues to like fifty people just to like get them prepped because I don't want them to get on stage and be like, yo, this is whack. <laughs> but <laughs> but but we got together, man, and it, it's just like yeah, the whole tour was and it was really diverse. Um, and I think that was that was the coolest part about it for me because I, ultimately I want to be a global musician mm. you know what i mean again an ambassador of of what makes me who i am and always putting that out there but also just you know being able to speak to certain you know i i feel like i make music for healing mm. you know because like my creative outlet is very cathartic and it's my way of expressing myself keeping sane and just getting over certain emotional whatever um and then by the product of that is is people also being able to take that and feel like they are you know accessing certain emotions or memories that they've locked away or whatever and i think that speaks to anyone no matter where you're from in the world you know um and so it was very heartening to see a diverse audience because I, I i especially now man everything is so divisive and there's so much rhetoric online just wherever you see where people are trying to pull people apart mm -hmm. and um i'm always going to be an indian indo-american man you know, and I'm always going to really wear it very proud. Um, but the stuff that I speak to, I think, is just these universal truths that anyone can resonate with. Yeah. Dope. Well said. Dope. Um, you have uh, over about 10 years now. Yeah. Going strong. Yeah. You're I still feel like I'm new, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, I, st I, st I still feel like it's... Uh, um, yeah, we're going to turn the, the, the 200 capacity to 2,000, to 2,000, to 20,000, to 20,000. Uh, MSG. Right? 100%. Exactly. So your dad is your manager. Mm -hmm. Your dad paused on what he was doing to make sure that you're good. Yeah. Um, this is very important to us. Mm. Uh, we firmly believe in team. Mm. Uh, it's it's recurring with any success stories or uh, growth stories that we, we talk about is that there's always a team in place. Sure. You as the artist, how important is it um, or how important is the team that you work with, both your direct day-to-day -day team and mm. then, like, partnering with, you know, say, AO on this project sure. or having machines to work with you, yeah. having AR as your mentor. Like, yeah. you've had a lot of s good support sure. to get to this entropy level, yeah. right? 
how important is team and how how much of an impact do you think that that's had in your career? Yeah, I think it's everything. Um, I didn't used to feel that way before. You know, I, I used to be kind of like this one man, like I'm going to do it all by myself. Like just like... Like Russ? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and what's funny, like I feel like with a lot of people who um, feel that way, there's a certain like chip on their shoulder and an anger that they move with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like that for a little bit, like years ago. And that doesn't get anyone anywhere. I mean, and no knock to people that still have that because Russ is killing it. But um, it was just like, it wasn't a healthy way for me to live. And once I started opening up to the people closest to me and allowing them in on the journey um, and leaning on some people whose support I felt like I needed, like take my father, for example. Like I, I needed that from him at that point. And him being who he was, he was, all right, I'm there, let's do it. You know, um, it changed my whole perspective on why I do what I do, you know? Whereas before, it was a very, not I won't say selfish, but self-centered kind of like, I need to write songs about myself and express myself so I can just get this off. Mm-hmm. It turned into, I'm going to make this music so other people can take something away from it, you know, and to build that sense of community. And actually, it was a conversation I had with a good homie, um, Amir Abbasi goes by Blend the Label. You know Amir? Yeah, that's my brother, man. Juicy yeah. got him some New Balance sneakers <laughs> one of, time. Friends of the family, of course. <laughs> he's it's a good a homie, dude. yeah. He's, he's such a good dude, man. This was years ago. He said, just build your community. Like, don't worry. And I used to be so anxious all the time. I was like, yo, when is this shit going to pop off? You know, same artist shit. And, and he gave me that conversation way before I'd come to the realization that I needed to do it. It mm. was like I wasn't ready for it when he was saying it. Um, but... As the years passed on and I started accessing and and building my core team, you know, um, and every member of my family is actually very involved in my career. My mom is still my guru to this day, still the one that keeps me in check when I'm not practicing, you know, all mm. that. My sister's a creative uh, collaborator, uh, an amazing sounding board. Um, and then, you know, after that, the team that grows around that, you know, like my booking agent, my lawyer, and then just homies that really support musicians that I work with, um, people I partner up, par- partner up with to put records out. I realize like the whole point of me making music is just to connect with other human beings. It's nothing else but that. Like that's what I want to do. I want to connect with other people. I want to let them know this is my truth, hear what their truth is, and build a conversation. You know, I think um <clears throat> And I think once I realized how important team the team is, how important it is to be open and embrace other people's energies and take my ego out the equation, that's when things started like turning for me, you know, and I started feeling so much more um fulfilled when I would go do a show or, or, or write music. And now I'm in a point where I'm slowly starting to work on new music. Whereas before with entropy, I produced the whole thing all on my own. You know, I just had a couple homies like play keys on a couple of joints, but otherwise I produced the whole thing, um, which is cool, but it's also draining. You know, you, you, you feel like you just put all yourself into this. Now I'm working with other people and collaborating and just getting in the room with other creatives. And the same process is, is kind of like coming back to me where I like, it's so beautiful, man, to be able to take different people's perspectives and, mm. and, and um, bring it together in this way. Uh, so I think I, I definitely realize how important team is time and again. And what it always just reminds me of is the importance of connectivity, the importance of empathy, the importance of, of being about something that's larger than just yourself. That's dope, man. Sid, you've had a 
incredible and very meaningful journey thus far. For sure. What is next? Man, so we're... Um, that's a big question. <laughs> well, are you touring anywhere? Yeah. About that? yeah. <laughs> hey, where can these people see you yeah. besides butter chicken, my G? <laughs> so um, we're going on tour again in North America in October. Um, we're hitting Toronto, Bay Area, uh, Detroit, St. Paul, Minnesota, Jersey, um, and hopefully coming back here to New York. Um, and... No, nah, we're coming to All Brown Everything. We're going to put it into the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Say it, Sid. <laughs> October, All Brown Everything. <laughs> exclusive. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Yo, don't hold us to it, but we're going to try to make it happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, it's called the Crossover Tour. And I feel like up until this point, um, everything I've spoken about today, you know, the fact that I've been um, finding my way between two identities and then ultimately just realizing it's one space and one spectrum of who I am um I'm celebrating that now that's where I'm at whereas before I was just trying to realize it and I realize it now I'm like I realize it I'm gonna celebrate it and I'm gonna um tell as many people and spread the good word as much as possible because I know there's so many kids being like wait am I Indian or am I American and that's just oversimplifying it but with all the nuance that comes with that you know what I mean um so I'm the best moments of the entropy tour were when young brown kids like when we went to did the LA show like three or four kids that went to UCLA came up to me like so two of them had never heard my music before one of them was a super fan so she brought her two friends the two friends were talking to me like we didn't know you existed before this but thank you because we can go home feeling like certain aspects of our anxieties is put to peace now mm -hmm. you know and so that conversation basically encapsulates the reason we're going on tour in October. Um, we, I, I want to just be on stage, talk about this stuff, you know, um, dance around with with whoever's in the audience and celebrate the fact that you going to dance? Oh man, like not really dance. I just <laughs> jump around a lot. Okay. I just no, I do okay. not dance at all. <laughs> but I jump, okay. I move. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's and then just. We're we're cook, cooking up some new music. Okay, nice. And uh, it's I'm excited. It's still initial phases, but I'm already super hyped, and I feel the growth. It's gonna be dope. Bless man, it's it's super wow, dope. Wow, what a great story thus far. I'm so happy that despite the uh, the juicy hangover <laughs> and the Sherrod being tired and sick. No, I'm, <laughs> thank you guys we, for we having me. Oh, this is dope, man. Um, as you know, like. This, this platform that we are starting to build uh, is really done to inspire youth, mm. uh, inspire the young. Um, as we close out, mm. if there's any more bars, gems, or just some, some strong words of wisdom that you could um, give to the youth, mm. what would that be? I have a few things that I live by. A lot of the stuff is stuff my parents have told me or like just mentors or stuff I just realized on my own. But first, I would say is no matter what path you're on, whether it's the arts, whatever it is, nothing replaces working hard at all. No level of like hustling on the gram, um, you know, making connections, which is important. But like master your craft. I got the first step. I think that's what we need, right? We need masters of their crafts 
That's one. Then two, always check your premise and your intentions. Like, why are you doing something? You know what I mean? And and study that. Don't be afraid to have those conversations with yourself because that just leads to a deeper understanding of your purpose, you know? Um, that's the second thing. The third thing, this is something my mom told me, and she told me specifically about music, but music, she told me, is is the universe. It's larger, infinitely larger than any one individual. Never lose sight of that. So I would take that same kind of core concept and apply it to anything again. Like, whatever it is you're working on, just know that you are a speck and you don't matter, but you also matter intensely, you know? Um, and if there's anything else, I think that's it, man. I think I think those three points. I love that, man. I, I got to re-listen to that and make sure I, I start abiding by some of that. Facts. It's, 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 it's and you know, and it's okay to mess up. That's a big thing, too. You know, like, there's no like formula. Fall, falling there's asleep no, at your final and shit? Big time. <laughs> man, I mean, we can talk about it now. I can laugh. My pops is chill about it now, finally, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but you, there's nothing, there's no... Again, man, I think what trips me out the most about the day and age, I think we live in a beautiful time with great content, great music, great everything. But what trips me out is the fact that we're living these constantly curated lives on our phones. You know what I mean? And like we're thinking about, yo, how is this going to look? How is that going to look? And that shit is stressful. You know what I mean? And I think like don't strive for perfection, um, which sounds like it's contradicting the first thing I said. But I'm, I wasn't talking about perfection. I was just talking about adherence to discipline. But I think perfection is bullshit. You know what I mean? I think just do what you do every day. Keep your head down. Work hard. And when you look up, you're going to be in some rooms and some situations and beautiful places that you never imagined, ever. Um, and I'll just, that's, that's, I'll end it there, for sure. I love that, man. Dope, man. What an incredible Words episode. To live by. Yeah, for sure. Words to live by. DJ Juicy. What's up, man? Feel inspired today? I feel inspired today, I feel man. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to listen to this again tonight. Just I'm actually going to go in my whip, turn on. Usually, I, I like I, I text and drive, and I talk and drive real shit. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm a, no, I'm, man. I'm, I do. I do. I'm a, I'm it's bad terrible. Man. So I have two phones sometimes. Drive with my, my guy. Yeah, Double really fist bad. in the phone. Yeah, Here's bro. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect my Apple Music. Or I'll connect my Salvin. I'll connect my Salvin <laughs> to... Uh, to my Bluetooth, and I'm gonna just listen to Entropy the whole way home and really vibe. re-listen to it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like I'm gonna listen to it with some different perspective now. Right. Love. Yeah. And I think you should do the same thing. I, I think and so. I think we in should tandem with that. Listen, yeah. Jay Varma's here, Benson's here, whole crew of people's outside. Like, like our crew, who's like, like they're listening right now. Yeah, they're, they're all fans. That's why they're here. They don't come to every podcast. Um, they're, fan, they're, fan, they're fans, yeah. right? So our friends are here in the studio, just waiting for you to come out and say what up. That's what's up. Um, I say we implement the rule. What's that? Everyone turn off your phones when they're in Jay Varma's car on the way home and you just listen to Entropy and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> right? I'm with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to it again tonight. Me and Isha are going to go to sleep to that. Dope. You know, That's love, man. Out. Again, bef- but just thank you guys for doing what y'all do, man. It's so important. It's important. Like, there's... Yeah, thank you. I think, we, I, think, I think you saying thank you and us saying thank you... It's mutual. It's mutual, sure. yeah. But the reality is, is like, and this we learned, like, even from the passing of Nipsey, right? And yeah. just in general, like... Give accolades when our friends are around. Hundred percent. Give the roses in real life. Hundred percent. Um, show support, show mm-hmm. love, show compassion, show care. Um, you're doing something great. Let's uplift you. You're we're doing something great. 
uplift us. Hundred percent. And just Absolutely. and just keep it moving and 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 uplift our culture and our community. That's, That's it. All. That's what it's about, man. Melancholic views mixed with saturated stereotypes. Melancholic views mixed with saturated stereotypes. Melancholic views mixed with saturated stereotypes. This is the state of entropy. And all you could do is hold on, hold on, hold on. Sick, dude. We got to see you live, bro. Yeah, bro. We're making it happen. We got to see you live. Like, we got to come to your show, man. For sure. This is the Butter Chicken Podcast. I am your boy. DJ Sharad. And I am DJ Juicy. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, rate, listen to all our episodes. Thank you again so much, Sid Sriram, for joining us today and sharing your story. Um, catch us on the next one. We out. We out. This